Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Malik Monk is balling. Doug Branson still hating. I try to convince him otherwise. I also give you an Eddie Robinson story you didn't know you needed. We talk about Mitch Kupchak's comments and this. Stop it. Get out of here with that. Me? I don't want to hear it. it. Yes, you stop it. Tell him the truth. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. I had fun last night, Doug. It the was Hornets, fun. 115 points from the Hornets. That was fun. How about those youngsters, man? Youth movement. I'm, I'm all about it. I did not expect the Charlotte Hornets to outscore the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'll say this, even after it was announced at the last second that Carl Anthony Towns was not going to be a part of this game, he was going to sit out with an injury heading into the All-Star break, I still didn't expect the Charlotte Hornets to outscore the Minnesota Timberwolves because the Timberwolves are fast, because D'Angelo Russell is motivated, because they do have shooters on the floor, even without Carl Anthony Towns. I did not expect this, and I certainly didn't expect Bismack Biombo, the offensive beast. What's the more surprising moment in Bismack Biombo's career? The fact that he got double teamed or the Euro step, the multiple Euro steps? What would you say is the most surprising? Uh, I'm never surprised now at a Bismack Biombo Euro step. He's just got it down, folks. You're just seeing the the final evolution of Bismack Biombo, and it is beautiful. Avert your eyes because the, the, it's shining too bright right now. But I am surprised that a team finally took the step to double team this offensive master, Bismack Biombo. The the Minnesota Timberwolves said, "Enough is enough. We're not taking this anymore." Bismack Biombo, not one more dunk, and then he got three more dunks. Yeah, if you know you might be bad defensively if you look at Bismack and think, oh, man, we got to create some more pressure to stop him. Hey, we need some more people. <laughs> Let's go guard Bismack Biombo. Maybe not exactly the best defensive team in the world. When you look at the offensive players, the offensive performances that we had from some of the youngsters here, Doug, I, f- I feel like this game gave us more storylines than a game has given us in a while. There's a lot of stuff to get to just within this individual game alone. We have a lot of good performances from a lot of the young players. We actually have some run for some guys that we haven't seen a whole lot of action for this season and Jalen McDaniels and Caleb Martin. We didn't get any run from Cody Zeller. How about a DNP CD? We've gotten used to that with Nick Batum, but Cody Zeller didn't get any minutes in this game. And as we mentioned, Bismack Biombo, the offensive God, comes in and actually does get some run. 26 minutes, 6 of 8, and has 10 rebounds. Double-double. Biz was huge in this game. Not only did we have some good offensive performances from some of these guys, they also showed up when the moment mattered most. When it was winning time, these guys made plays. And defensively, Malik Monk comes in with a huge defensive stop. Coming in with a block, and then that leads to a shot clock violation. There's a lot to get to, Doug. Where should we start? Should we start with Malik Monk? Uh, We can start with Malik Monk. We can start with Miles Bridges. We can start with the fact that they gave up 66 points in the first half. Like this all looked like I thought it was going to look through one half. And then in the second half, only allowing 42 points from Minnesota. I mean, this was was just a fantastic game. And I'll tell you what, for me, 
it represents like the perfect type of win that you want. You don't want many wins heading into this uh, NBA draft in the second and the little second half of this season. But these are the type of wins you want where you go into the locker room, you go, wow, something's wrong. Let's go out and try to fix it. A lot of young players playing for something that matters for more minutes for an opportunity next season. And the Minnesota Timberwolves were not ready for it. How about in this month alone, in the month of February, Malik Monk is averaging 17 points a game. He's shooting 46% from three. He's shooting 48, almost 49% overall. And then you just look at his last 10 games. He had the one struggle against Washington where he was three of 12. But the last 10 games that he's played, Doug, even a little bit beyond that, he's averaging what I would imagine. I don't have the math done here for me, but I would imagine it's, it's about 20 points per game in the last 10. Malik has shown the longest stretch of good basketball and consistent good basketball that we've seen from him at this type of level. You were right, even though you wanted to ruin the zen that you claimed that you had between Miles Bridges and Malik Monk. You tweeted last night, hey, don't we get this second half run from Malik every single season? Stop it. Get out of here with that. Me? I don't want to hear it. it. Yes, you stop it. You said you come in. You went on Tell Twitter last truth. night. Don't we see this from Malik? No, we don't. Answer the Not question. A, yes or no? Yeah. No, uh, what, do no, we see, okay? No, no. Well, answer this question. Do we see this from him in October? Do we see it from him in November? Do we see it from him in December? I don't think so. What happened to the Zen Doug that we had yesterday that you accused me of killing? Like that thing you tried so hard to say that I went in and ruined it. But in reality, we already know how you feel about Malik, and it hasn't changed. Don't try to fool us with your false zen i'm not here for it it's not false zen i don't want to have to choose between malik monk or miles bridges what i'm telling you is that i need both of those players to go into the offseason work really hard and then come back and do it in october do it in november that's all i'm saying do like it in the what, playoffs well it's one thing to close a rank. it's one thing to close out a season when nothing matters it's another thing. I just asked it's, about Devontae Graham's empty stats the other night, and you didn't care. I want consistency from because you, Because Devontae Graham was ready for the beginning of the season, and he was winning. Get, he, was, he was doing kill shots out there when it mattered, when there yeah, were well, veterans it, on the floor. That, to me— kind of went down when it was mattering as well. Well, that's fine, but I'm just saying he started the year off well. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see out of Malik Monk. Everyone's writing right now. Well, he's a changed person. Great. I'm so happy about that, and I'm happy about what I'm seeing on the floor right now. I'm not trying to take that away. All I'm saying is can we get him in the gym early with the team in the offseason and and making these things happen in October and November? Because you remember back in Summer League when all of the young players were getting together and Malik Monk was nowhere to be found. That's okay if you're ready to start the season, but he wasn't because he lost his rotation spot. Now's the time you want to get on him for that? Now's the time you want to get on Malik after the last... I'm just giving everyone a warning. I'm just giving everyone a warning. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope Miles Bridges proves me wrong. That's the thing. I want to be wrong about these players. I'm not someone who gets on the mic and wants players to fail so that I'm right. What I'm telling you is I'm just (laughs) looking at past... Well, okay, maybe a little bit. (laughs) Like a whole lot, maybe. (laughs) Maybe maybe your whole existence on the mic. Not a whole lot. Not a whole yeah. lot, just a little bit, oh, but yeah. I just want to see this. I'm <laughs> tired of seeing this in February. I'm tired of seeing this in March. I'm tired of seeing this in April. I could go on and name month after month. The only months I can't name are October, November, and December. I'm so tired of you. I want to do the, <laughs> I can't quite do the, uh, get out of here like you do with Andre Drummond, but I wanted to attempt it because you are so angering me right now. Jalen McDaniels wanna- look good though. 
Oh man, didn't he? Wow. He's doing it in February, right? The only month that he's played in the NBA. It's fantastic. Uh, Jalen McDaniels does look good. We can focus a little bit on some of the undrafted and second round picks for Mitch Kupchak here if you want before we take a quick break. McDaniels looks really good defensively and he goes four of four, hits a couple of three pointers, Doug. Uh, look, we've talked about this. I was excited about Mitch Kupchak being named the general manager when you started to do some research on the hits that he had with the Los Angeles Lakers later in the draft because he was drafting there because the Lakers were winning championships with Kobe. That was the situation he was in, and he found some guys that stuck in the league for quite a while. It seems like maybe there's something to work with here in Jalen McDaniels. He had a really good G League stint. He was shooting 40% from three in the G League. He comes in, and he shows a pretty good stroke already in the big leagues. Jalen McDaniels has looked good in the two games that he's played here, Doug, and it just seems like there's this uncanny knack that Mitch Kupchak has for finding some of these guys late in the draft. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's easy to look at this situation where they're bringing up guys like Cody Martin and Caleb Martin and Jalen McDaniels and say, well, yeah, but this is just an opportunity where they're getting some run and, you know, anybody would take that opportunity and run with it. But just remember a few years ago when the Hornets were trotting out, trying to win, you know, win when it mattered and trying to get to the playoffs and they were trotting out Briante Weber and they were trotting out Johnny O'Brien. Right. I mean, they were putting out these players that they had to go get because they didn't have a developmental system totally locked down at that time. But these were the kind of players that were making these surprise appearances for the Charlotte Hornets. And and I just think the players that we're seeing now are on a different level than those players. I I mean, I think Jalen McDaniels has an opportunity to really stick either with this franchise or another. And I think the same thing about the Martin twins. So kudos to Mitch Kupchak and whatever they're doing because it's working. Uh, McDaniels needs to eat a cheeseburger, though. That's about oh well, it. yeah. I mean, he's yeah. It looks like a strong wind could blow him away. That much is clear. But he's lengthy, baby. He looks like a spider out there. Love that wingspan. Hopefully, he can expound upon that with some weight. Malik Monk was able to put twenty pounds on because he was working hard. I don't know if you knew that or at all. I mean, he was but twenty points in off in October. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Walker Mail, Doug Branson. A couple more segments here to come on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. Decoys all over the place. They've got everybody down at the rim. Ball goes into biz. They do like an XFL style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage, except it's with Devontae Graham. He picks up a foul. I don't care what you say, Nate McMillan. More like Nate McVillan. Get out of here. Quit whining about the officials. You got plenty of calls. The Hornets got a call at the end of the game. I thought it was fair. Hornets win. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug Branson already getting us riled up here in the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Uh, Interesting, though, to see Kayla Martin get the start last night as an undrafted rookie. Uh, He gets the start in place of Terry Rozier, who did not play in this game. And Sam Purley, I don't know if you guys know him. He's a numbers guy that works for the Charlotte Hornets and Hornets.com. Sam Purley actually brought some other examples of undrafted rookies to start for the Hornets. And the names are fantastic. Uh, Trevion Graham is one. How about Cartier Martin? Oh, yeah. Walter Herman, Alan Anderson, and Kevin Burleson. They, they, they did it in the same year, 05, 06. And uh, Tony Farmer. Now, there's one name missing from this list that I thought I saw on Twitter when Sam Perley put this out there. Are we missing Eddie Robinson, Doug? Maybe. This was the first tweet. Maybe he he put an addendum out there that had Eddie Robinson in it. But this is the tweet that I pulled from Sam Perley, the first one. <laughs> Trevion Graham, Cartier Martin, 0809, Walter Herman, 0607. Alan Anderson, Kevin Burleson in 0506. Man, that that period between 05 and 08 was dark times for 
Charlotte basketball. But it's did better now. There, did you see that there was an addendum and just like, oh, screw it. I don't want to check it out. Well, that's what that's what makes you respect Sam Perley more than me because Sam <laughs> Perley does the work. He's more than a numbers guy. He's a hustler, man. He's out there. He's doing the work and he's correcting yeah. mistakes. I don't correct mistakes. I have time for that. I, I just love do. the fact. I love the fact that there you was can't even get an over and under right. You see this? Like, <laughs> yes, I've seen it. I've seen the over under that. Yeah. Why missed. didn't you correct me? By the way, you know why you didn't correct me? Because I wasn't wrong. Because I I'm I'm telling you that there's a oh, different course. way to do okay. over and unders. You put it at zero. And then you can either push or go over. There is no under. I don't believe in under. I don't believe that Mr. Devontae Graham is not going to have a triple-double. I don't believe it. I'm just going to say it's over. That's the only choice you have. Does it count if he does it in a place when it doesn't matter, though, Doug? Like, if he gets it done at the end of this season, will it count, even though it's not really towards a win or anything? Yes, because he's already performed when it mattered. That's it. When okay. you, that, that's, you get capital. It's called capital, Walker. Let okay. me teach you a little something about capital. When you do it when it matters, then if things fall apart, it's not your fault. Not your fault that things fall to, uh, fell apart. Fall apart? I tried to fall mm-hmm. apart there? Fell apart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> not. Falling. So you get capital. Devontae Graham's he's he's knocking down kill shots again. That's what I'm excited about. You did miss Eddie Robinson, by the way. Eddie Robinson was not on the list that you put in the rundown, but he was one of the undrafted guys that have started for a Hornets team. Oh. And he did so in 99. And Eddie Robinson, like the most, I would imagine the most popular among those names, right? Like Eddie Robinson was a guy. I remember the Hornets playing the Heat when I was a kid. And the Heat had Eddie House. And I remember the camera panning over to a sign from somebody in the Coliseum. And the sign said, our Eddie is better than your Eddie. And I was like, hell yeah, man. I'm ready to rock with Eddie Robinson. Athletic guy, I believe, OK State product. And that's your daily update on Eddie Robinson. Undrafted starter for the Hornets in 99 and 2000. I'm here to talk about Eddie all day. Didn't have him in your top 25. No, he wasn't. He wasn't in my top 30. He wasn't in my top 25 either. Um, Looking at some of the other young performances, Doug, I mean, it seems like, again, they were able to find some guys in the second round that had contributed. And even in the first round, we all know how much P.J. Washington has impressed us this season. Not great in this game. Maybe the only young guy not to talk about, really, because of his performance in a positive way. Um, Actually kind of looks shook at times, right? Like down dribbling down the court, turning it over, and uh, you got the kickball called on James Johnson, but just kind of looked indecisive with what he wanted to do. Those were my takeaways from PJ. Obviously not a good offensive night, maybe hitting a second rookie wall, um, maybe needs this all-star break, but that's not the case with Miles, Doug. He had another good game. No, yeah, very physical for Bob, another physical game for Miles, that dunk that he had when he was just faced up on his defender and and took it to the house. I mean, that's what you want to see out of Miles. No more of this, you know, pulling up in mid-range, not being able to move past his guy. We're getting past that phase with Miles Bridges where he's just he's feeling like he can do anything on the floor right now, and that's an exciting that's an exciting thing to watch. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I think PJ, he needs the break, baby. This is this is what happened to rookies. It's what happens to rookies all the time. I'm not. I'm not concerned about it. Hey, you know who does it when it matters? Who's Walker. That? Who does it when it matters, Doug? I'm interested. Queen City Beauty Group. Our friends at Queen oh, City course. Beauty Group are doing it right now around the Valentine's Day holiday. Don't be like me. Don't wait to the last second for your Valentine's Day gift. Hit up Queen City Beauty Group. They're a boutique spa with only custom services. Every treatment is customized to the individual clients specific skin condition they're different owner operator nichelle mosley is a 2018 and 2019 international award-winning aesthetician that means a skin specialist 
Nichelle specializes in treating diverse skin tones with life-changing results. They offer international award-winning treatments for acne, age management, hyperpigmentation, skin tags, rosacea, sun damage. They even do body contouring. Book a Valentine's Day special for you or someone you love. Only $79. You only have one day left. Let's go. It includes a consultation and an amazing custom treatment with Nichelle Mosley at Queen City Beauty Group. You also get a $50 gift certificate for a future visit and a special gift from Queen City Beauty Group. Altogether, that's a $215 value for only $79. Here's how you book. Go to queencitybeautygroup.com, book the Valentine special, and make sure you type locked on in the comments section of the appointment form. One more segment to go here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want to be back on the show, baby. I got baby. you, Doug. You want to be back you, on Doug. the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We don't hear a ton from general manager Mitch Kupchak in the middle of the season. He tends to talk a lot before the season, and and you'll hear from him around summer league. He's not really revealing all that much at the beginning of the season, but when he does talk in the middle of the season, he actually can be a little candid and a little revealing, and he certainly was when he joined the clubhouse with Kyle Bailey on WFNZ. Kupchak remarking on the two buyouts with Marvin and MKG. Interesting thoughts there. He also commented on what happened around the trade deadline and what the Hornets' priorities are moving in uh, to next season. Let's start with the buyouts, though. This was really interesting stuff from Kupchak uh, Walker. He said that Marvin and MKG's buyouts were a little different. There's two kind of different situations. And when he said different, he went on to explain each situation, and it did not sound all that different to me. But the way that he described it, the only way that I think it could mean that these were not similar was, one, Marvin Williams was looking to contend for a championship. I feel like the team and Marvin left on good terms. Where Marvin was still playing, Marvin knew his role, and Marvin had given a lot to the team already. He goes and plays for the Bucks. Mitch Kupchak sees, oh, to let this happen, and he buys him out. Then he tried to say that it was different with MKG, that MKG requested a buyout just like Marvin Williams did, mm-hmm. right? That MKG wasn't getting any playing time. And so upon MKG's request, Mitch only sounded different in tone when talking about these situations, but then he would go on to say that. Now, there's two things here. He would also go on to say after that, that he doesn't typically like doing contract buyouts. So I wonder if Michael Jordan was one that just said, hey, it's fine, let's go ahead and buy MKG out. And of course, that would make sense because MJ's going to save some money, one. But two, maybe he's got a little bit of a soft spot for a guy that he drafted early in his days as an owner here with the Bobcats. Another reason would be, I would imagine that Marvin and the Charlotte Hornets left pretty amicably, right? I think that would be you could inherit upon this. I think with MKG... Man, we saw him at media day. He was not a happy camper up there at that podium. It's not that MKG has ever been all that vocal in the first place, but we can go back to Rick Bennell's question. Hey, has your role been communicated to you? He said, no comment. Why did you opt in in the contract? I felt it was best for my family. That was it. 
MKG did not did not seem happy with the role that was going to be given to him. And I wonder if this didn't exactly end on the best of terms. Um, look, that might be reckless speculation, Doug, but it's one I'm willing to put on the mic. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think you're far off. Uh, we're, we're probably never going to know for sure what that relationship, uh, how that relationship ended, but it's clear that the relationship ended differently than with Marvin. It sounded more sentimental. I agree with you there. All right, let's move on to what Kupchak remarked about the trade deadline. Of course, the Hornets do nothing, and it sounded like Kupchak did not want to sacrifice a future pick or any of the young players. They didn't want to move any of the young players that they have right now. They, they feel confident in this group that they are currently developing. Uh, he said, that's not where we are right now. And it sounds like they, don't, they also didn't want to bring back a player that was going to help them win more in these you know 20-plus games that they have remaining. Mitch Kupchak said, we're not in a situation to attain a player that will help us win maybe two to three more games, but we could make that we want to make a trade for a player that would help us win 18 right and that's just not going to be out there because he didn't want to give any of the young players up you know Mitch Kupchak kind of let off that answer by saying if we wanted to include some of the young players or any picks then we could have been in any trade out there which probably is a little true for every NBA team depending on how many young players that they have and how many picks I mean it it seems like a pretty vague statement right but again I, I can see how he means this and how it can be specific to the Hornets but anything that Mitch Kupchak said in this interview, Doug, I feel like everything was correct. I feel like everything makes me feel comfortable with the way that he's handling this transition. I'm extremely excited with the way that he answered some of these. We'll see if he carries these practices out. But the way that he's spoken about them, I, I'm excited about it. I think what I just heard you say there is that you're excited about what's going on right now, but you hope that Mitch Kupchak performs hashtag when it matters. Yeah, and I'm going to do nothing but praise him right now with the way that he's playing. <laughs> That's all I've Are done with Malik Monk. What have you heard me criticize Malik Monk over the past couple of weeks? Oh man, I guess I put a, I guess I put a little hole in your plans with the end of that. I didn't mean to. I had no clue what you were alluding to. I had no clue. Sorry. Proceed. So I, the one thing I did love about Mitch Kupchak's talk about the future is that he mentions the cap space being important to the franchise moving forward. But he also mentions, hey, we're not necessarily going to use that cap space next season to bring in, you know, big impact players like uh, he didn't say this. But I mean, you know, DeMar DeRozan, you know, they're going to be players. This is not a, a great free agency market, but there are going to be opportunities to use that cap space to bring in certain players. But it sounds like Mitch Kupchak not focused on that, but could be focused on bringing back pick assets in exchange for bad contracts, which is where I think the Hornets should be focused moving into the 2021 free agency period when a lot of teams are going to be jockeying for space for guys like Giannis. And so that's when you can take advantage of that opportunity to bring in extra picks. Oh, well, that's got to be right up your alley, Doug. That's got to be the best thing that you heard from that interview because that's something that you have been pining for for this entire time. Like, that's what you want most of anything. And I completely agree. Like, I'm so with you on that. Right, because the the thing about the Hornets' current rebuild that makes it somewhat different than maybe rebuilds of other teams in the past is that normally when you rebuild, you're able to take some of the assets that you currently have and exchange those for future assets that you you can use in your rebuild. 
But the Hornets haven't been able to do that, and they, I don't see them doing that with Nick Batum in the final year of his deal. They couldn't trade anything for Marvin. They couldn't trade anything for MKG, or at least they didn't. I'll go ahead and presume to say they couldn't. And they haven't been able to do that with other players. Uh, so th- that's what makes the Hornets a, a step behind in a normal rebuild but it's good that they're being disciplined about cap space because you can use that as a tool to bring in extra extra future assets. What I love about Mitch Kupchak's response to that question is when he brought up having a lot of cap space, I, I, he really tried to hammer home the point of, well, it doesn't mean that we're going to spend it. It doesn't mean that we're going to do all this with the, all this money that try to make any bad contracts. And I think he does that because us as Hornets fans, Doug, I think we're a little bit salary cap gun shy. Like anytime we hear that, we just immediately go back to 2016 and have nightmares. We think, oh, we have all this cap space. Oh, God, MKG deal. Oh, God, Marvin Williams. Oh, God, Nick Batum. And I feel like he understands where we all are coming from at this point as Hornets fans. So he's like, we're going to get a lot of cap space coming in. But doesn't mean that we're going to spend it, guys. Hold on. Chill. Doesn't mean that we're going to spend it. Maybe we can use it to get some assets back. And I just thought it was hilarious that he seemed to have a reaction after his initial thoughts on the subject. Oh, you bring up a great point. I mean, it's not just about using that cap space to sign free agents. It's also about using that cap space to extend uh, some of the players that they have now and moving forward. And we've seen where extending, you know, players that are maybe have a mediocre ceiling if you extend multiple players like that where that gets your franchise and where it gets your franchise is nowhere especially nowhere when it matters thanks for listening and remember you can subscribe to apple podcast google podcast and spotify follow us on twitter i'm on twitter at walker mail doug's on twitter at doug branson uh, you can find the show handle on twitter at locked on hornets i will not be here tomorrow i think doug's going dolo as they say or you might have nada or uh mr david walker david walker is going to join tomorrow to talk about all-star weekend he's a huge all-star nerd and so if you're interested in the all-star weekend make sure to join us again tomorrow all right <laughs> make sure you tune in for that episode should be a good one thanks again for listening to the locked on hornets podcast